Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total platonic reversal. Platonic reversal. With your hosts, Conan Neutron and Brenna Betts. Broadcasting from the top floor of the Radio Milk World headquarters in Oakland, California. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. I'm, I'm from the South. Nice. I'm a Southern Belle. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. I'm known for many things, and strong invectives are one of them. Conan, you have a lot going on right now. It means something. Well, we all deserve to be recognized. See anything wrong with, you know, being into the stuff you're into. 150 people with a massive crowd, you know. We'll sing you a song. You may be led astray. Meatloaf has a Christmas album. For one, what an excellent professional segue that was. Well, I'm very curious about Math Rock. You know, I kind of know the town man for Rob Zombie. And presenting you the illusion of choice. We will impress you later. Yeah, it's a very good question. And I liked it because it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Could not be more professional. Get you pumped up. We have answers. I just want to bring something up that I noticed via postings on the internet. You know, that's my take on it. What's yours? Protonic reversal! That's like a science thing, right? It's just like a science thing. That's right. Science! Which does not care what you believe. You are here. It is the one, the only... Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. That's right. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. This is episode 80. 80? Who can... What? What? Who allowed this? Who, who, who allowed this nonsense to happen? Who's, 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 who's this for? People ask me that all the time. <laughs> uh, listen. Podcasts come and go. But... Regret lasts forever, and thank you for doing the right thing. The right thing, the honest thing, the true thing, and getting down with us 
on Proton Conversal. We appreciate it. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we had a show. Brenna is not in studio. Brenna is not in studio. What? I know she will be back. Uh, if not this show, show after that. But we are back nonetheless, and we have an excellent guest. We have uh, Sean Kirkpatrick of Nervous Curtains, which I'm very, very, I'm very excited to talk to him. He's a hell of a guy, hell of a keyboard player, also a very vital part of the paper chase access of awesome, if that is such a thing. Sure, access of awesome. He's great. And his bands are always awesome, and it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to talking to him. Uh, Texas, he's not exactly a bastion of liberalism. So looking forward to talking to him about some election stuff as well. Some, and he's, he's, he's no Ted Cruz fan. Let's put it that way. And uh, neither am I. Hey, who knew? I know that that might, that might be a, a shocker, but uh, not a Ted Cruz fan. Conan Neutron. So I know some people really like to... Use shows like this to take a break from politics, and I get it. But guess what? Politics, it's all around us, man. It affects every part of our life, and uh, that's that's the season we're in. So, uh, you know, hey, I, I promise not to not to go too crazy with it. I mean, this isn't me trying to do my version of, I don't know, Meet the Press or something, because, well, it's better than that show. But something along those lines, uh, it is not any of those things. But, you know... Yeah, it's it's part of our lives. And it's part of our lives that if you don't pay attention to it, a lot of nasty stuff can happen. You know, we're in a heated fight on both sides of the two major parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. As you might imagine, your host, myself, Coda Neutron, huge Bernie Sanders supporter. Not so much a Hillary Clinton guy, gotta say. Uh, don't despise her in the way that some people do or anything, but not my choice. Not my first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and so on and so on choice. That said, still a country mile better than any of the Republicans that are left and running. Uh, Kasich doesn't seem like he's quite eating babies or anything along those lines, but uh, it's close for uh, for some of these. You know, no, no more Rubio. No more Rubio. Poor little Marco had to go home. But, you know, Trump's terrible. Kasich's human. So there's that. If that's your baseline. Hey, uh, this person seems to be a human. So let's elect them present. 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 Present and president. The present president. Present president. It's not enough. You get what I'm saying. You get where I'm going with that. Uh, and I think it's too bad that the metrics of acceptability for what a candidate can and can't do is, oh, you know, this one isn't actively trying to rape and pillage my village. Oh, that's that's alliterative, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, that must be, this must be my candidate. Yeah, they're, they're much better. They're much better than that. Uh, you know, there's 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 got to be a better way. That's what I'm saying. And there is. There is a better way. Uh, and that way is Bernie Sanders. And I appreciate that he ran, is running, and is continuing to run. It's amazing to me that he's gone this far. But the, the I tell you what, there were three things, three things that I thought of when I saw that Bernie Sanders was running for president. Three things. This isn't going to be like the Rick Perry thing. But I can't think of the third thing. 
the first thing was, oh, wow. I wouldn't think that he would put himself through that because, you know, it's an arduous process. It's, it's very demeaning. It's demoralizing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The second was, wow, he could actually win. And I stand by that. And the third thing was, boy, he's an older man, isn't he? <laughs> Which also is true. But he's a, he's a great older man. And uh, it's, uh, I'll stand by him. Stand, stand by your burn. Stand by your burn. Uh, anyway, so this has nothing to do with any of that. This is a Protonic Reversal. It's getting back in the swing of it. You know, like we do. Uh, let's, uh, let's hear a song. Let's hear something. Let's hear something by Nervous Curtains. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. This is off of Khan. PMA. Just to hear the sound. Static feel around me. It's growing. It's growing. It's crashing in the pavement. Full of psychotic kids. I'm afraid of time. Bye. Bye. 
All right, that was PMA by Nervous Curtains. That is off of the record Con. Con is the name of that record. C O N. So, and I believe I've made this. I probably made this joke before. Knowing me, I probably have. Uh, but that's Con. C O N. Right. Stay with me. Not. <laughs> Con C H A A A A A A A A A A A A N, or however many A's it would be. Oh, that's a long way to go for that joke. Uh, this is C W two. This is also off of Con, and it goes a little something like this. Those nervous curtains. A Vavuzla. Salute. <laughs> For that. 
Okay, that, that, that's enough of the vavusas. I got God. Why do I keep pulling up sound clips I can't see the words to? This is Radio 101. CW22 off of the record. Again, need to be very clear. It's con, C-O-N, not... Con. These nervous curtains, they're good. I like them. We're going to be talking to Sean shortly, uh, the next uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, we're going to play a couple songs from their EP as well, this, this brand new EP that they did. And there's some cool stuff in here. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Can you dig it? Yes, I can. Uh, let's play a Lardo song first, though. This is Black Holes. Redefine the event horizon. A lead story for the news. Not so subtle. Guys selling something. Outside the windows at the school. That idea That idea that nothing escapes Ignore Dismiss as a Crank
Well, that was Light Up the Sky by Nervous Curtains. That is off of the new EP by Nervous Curtains, which is, uh, I believe it's called Low Defender. Low Defender EP. That is a that is, that is a brand new one. That is a, a Van Halen song, if you were not aware of it. Yes, Van Halen. Early Van Halen. Great tune. I'm for it. So we'll be talking to Mr. Sean Kirkpatrick of Nervous Curtains shortly. Let's see. Let's listen to a couple more songs so we can get get into the mood of what's going to be happening here. This is Parody. Parody. This is not off the Low Defender EP. We'll play one other one of those. This is, of course, off of the record... You get quicker on that uptake. Uh, this is parody, Nervous Curtains.
Okay, that was Low Defender by Nervous Curtains. That is the newest single that uh, is also off an EP called Low Defender. And uh, it is as about as new as new can be. And before that, we had Parody by Nervous Curtains, which is off of the record Con, which is uh, their last record. And joining me by phone is none other than the man himself, Mr. Sean Kirkpatrick. Sean, how are you? Hey, hey, good, good. I just had to mute my computer. I was going to say, turn down your radio, sir. Yes, yes. (laughs) Definitely. There is that delay, so that that is a real thing. Uh, Welcome. Welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this new new EP, Low Defender, uh, this is about as new as it gets. I mean, I I found out about it earlier this week, (laughs) if I remember correctly. Yes. So when, yeah, and the, the the masters are are still kind of being finalized, <laughs> so it's it's very very new. And I was very pleased. Uh, there's some there's some fun stuff on here, and one of the things that I really enjoyed was the one I, uh, well, there's an ABBA song on there as well, which is awesome. But the the one I want to focus on is that you kind of reimagined a early period Van Halen song that I quite like and think is kind yeah. of like a lost gem, and you kind of made it your own. And I always love when bands do that. Yeah, yeah, that was actually something suggested by a friend years ago. We were just kind of joking around about doing a Van Halen song, and and somebody said, oh, light up the sky off Van Halen 2. And so it's just sort of been, like, just kind of spinning in the the background of our minds for for years, like, yeah, we need to do that Van Halen cover. And uh, so... So yeah, we just like we we wanted to put out the CP to put out Low Defender, and we kind of had you know some extra things that we wanted to get out that didn't fit anywhere else. So so we decided we'd do a few cover songs, and and um, yeah, that one that one finally came back around, and we worked on it. It, it actually took a long time to, to work on it. We've been working on it on and off for for I don't know probably a year at this point. And finally found a, uh, you know, an arrangement that works and everything. We just, I don't know, it, we we tried to play it more like them, and we couldn't. And so, <laughs> like, the, the, the reimagining was somewhat out of necessity. <laughs> but uh, also just, you know, just because it's more fun, generally, to put your own, our own spin on things. That's usually how we do covers. To have your own spin on it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, there's something about being a, a band that's predominantly synth-driven, uh, when you're, you know, attacking a song from what is largely known as a, as a arena rock style guitar band, that kind of like no matter what you do, it's going to sound a little bit, you know, more like yourself. But yeah, for sure. I, I think I think you did a really good job of keeping a uh, keep keeping your own spin on it, and that's I think I think it's interesting. I think it's it's a cool little EP, and it's also I mean, con to the listening audience, myself inclusive, doesn't seem like it came out that long ago but i know that you were work you guys were working on that for a while right i mean that was oh yeah con's con's been done a long time it it only came out in october so i mean that's only been um just a little over a half a year since that came out but, right um but it, it was it was finished in 2014 it took a long time to get it out yeah, and I, I remember when we debuted a song on this show i i made the same a uh, terrible dad joke about the, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the William Shatner con <laughs> as, as being the actual yeah. name. And I, I believe, because I, I have no memory because I do this show all the time, I apparently just reuse the same jokes and, you know, hey, it works for one release, it works, it works later on when you reference that earlier release, so... 
<laughs> I'd forgotten about that too. That that cracked me up when I heard that. Well, and and since Brenna is not in studio to remind me when I'm <laughs> reusing my material, it's e- it's easier for me to fall into old tropes, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, and uh, the nervous curtains experience, you know, it's a very synth-driven thing. Uh, but it for me, it seems to come very much heart and soul from you know a no nonsense like punk rock place. Yeah, you'd like to think it's the year 2016. You know, do you find there's like pushback when when you're on tour and, and playing shows? People like, oh, what, what's up? Uh, you know, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. What's <laughs> what's up with these keyboards? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, no, I mean, people are, are generally uh, pretty, you know, pretty receptive. I mean, we're like having, you know, having that that side, like we're, you know, we're using synthesizers, but we play more, you know, um, you know, punk rock influenced music. It allows us to be booked on a lot of, you know, different types of bills we can play on, you know, we can play with you know, like synth pop bands and we can play with hardcore bands and, and it, it can make sense either way. So, um, so, so, you know, it generally, the, the kinds of shows we get booked on, I mean, people are, people are receptive and we haven't had anybody yell anything stupid at us in a, in a long time. So, <laughs> so that's good. No stupider than normal. <laughs> normal <laughs> right. show. Well, and also, I mean, exactly. it, it probably benefits that, you know, for, for for some people at least they probably have the connection to earlier works they probably maybe know from the paper chase or you know maybe there was some connection uh somewhere so it's sort of like you kind of know at least the idiom of what you're buying into it's yeah a- yeah i guess so i don't well, uh, i i find that um a lot of people don't really reference the the paper chase much with me um i i don't know why i guess i just um you know, I, I haven't necessarily shied away from that in our, our bio or anything, but um, uh, so I guess it's just been a long time now. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, still, I mean, people kind of predominantly think of the paper chase as, as John Congleton's thing. Even though, I mean, I was in it for eight years, right. which is longer than most bands even stay together. So <laughs> Ain't it the a, truth? You know, <laughs> yes. it's a, a huge part of my, you know, musical lineage and my, my identity and kind of the way in what informs the way I, I play and stuff. But yeah, I just don't, you know, I never really know if, you know, especially with younger kids, if they, if they even know about that band or, you know, if it means anything to them. So, um, so yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't come up as much as, as you might think. I mean, it's, it's almost like who knows about anything anymore, right? How does any, how does anybody right. find out about, I mean, the fact that some stuff catches fire and some doesn't, it almost just seems like, you know, random chance somehow, like more so yeah. now than ever. Yeah, for sure. There's just so much of everything. Right. Yeah. There's so much of the good, so much more of the, the of the bad, and a whole lot more of everything in between. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, with the CP, like I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was cool to do the the Van Halen cover, just because, like I said, we're not really like a synth pop band, but some people, some people do still like just presume that that's where we're coming from. And uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So to to go like I don't know, like because um, well, I what's mean, up, we, Human we, League? We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love like the first few Human League albums are amazing. Oh, it's legit, like, yeah. Travelog, especially, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, like that's not like the the sum and total of of what I'm trying to do musically or anything. So uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of what we listen to in the van is like 
like old school hard rock, <laughs> like seventies hard rock, Ben Lizzie and Van Halen and and Rainbow and and stuff like that. That's just like I don't know. We all have like you know slightly different tastes or whatever, but that's like easy for everybody to agree with. Sure, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, good 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 music to drive to and stuff. So it's just sort of a lot of what you know is on and i think also it's like like robert our drummer is not as much of like a music nerd as as the other two of us are and so i think like you know that's just like the music that like really i think made an impression on him and it really in lots of ways i I feel like informs the way that he plays and uh and subsequently gives our band like a, a different you know element because he does bring like a little bit of that you know that that hard rock sound into the synthesizers which um you know uh definitely keeps us out of that you know retro 80s kind of kind of thing which i have no interest in doing sure and it's also like you know as as far as when you're driving from show to show you don't want to be like hey everybody let's go listen to like white house and <laughs> Marsbo and <laughs> it's like oh my god really right. no what are we doing what are you doing stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm- yeah we, we listen to lots of funk and r&b and um stuff like that that's kind of the other thing that that influenced con a lot it was just like 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 afro beat too we just like that's another thing we kind of just all agree on that that just kind of plays a lot is um, stuff like that. So we were just like, how do we, you know, start incorporating more more rhythmic stuff in, in what we do without it going terribly wrong? You know, like I think about the bands that successfully did that, like the Minutemen and Talking Heads. Right. And like, how did they do it that all these other white guys sailed so miserably like we (laughs) (laughs) how how do we do this and not just be like terribly appropriating black culture and you know failing to groove at all while doing it well because that's always going to be in your mind too it's there's the spectacular successes but then there's the total face plants as well and you know it's almost like a cautionary (laughs) tale of of what not to do (laughs) yeah it's like, oh, here yeah, it comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, a little bit goes a long way, I guess, as far as <laughs> trying to incorporate that, you know. We didn't we didn't, we didn't, didn't overdo it too much. Well, and what I've always appreciated uh, about the Nervous Curtain stuff is that there's a lot of moodiness and sort of like a soundtrack sort of feel to it, but it's very song-based. And I, th- I think I don't, there's something about synthesizers that <laughs> people just like like to get indulgent. With them, and it's, I guess it's easy to do with any instrument, but for some reason, it's it seems to be more tolerated in in the synth world. And like I, I think, like you know, a lot of your songs, like these, are, they're they're very sharp compositions, even if they like kind of go through different moods or like take you to different places. And I mean, is yeah. that is is that like a, just how it turns out, or is that something that's more purposeful? Are you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, well, I just I don't know. I guess I just I just bring in songs to the band. We just don't we don't really jam. So. Um, you know, we we have a few parts of some of our songs where we can we can take it out and, and improv a little bit, but um, I don't know. Whenever whenever we do jam, I just I get kind of bored. I, I like I like like certain kinds of music mus- like movements in the in the songs, and um, so yeah. I mean, I, I tend to to just we we just always kind of tend to fall into a structure that that works, and that's just I don't know. That's that's the way we do it. That that seems better to us. Um, you know, other bands find, you know, find success other ways, but I don't know. That's, that's 
just kind of the way it, the way it happens for us and, and the way I, I write songs, too. So when you're writing songs, is it something where you're you're writing on like your whole rig? Do you like have like a like a piano when you're when you're at home? Like what comes? What what's that process look like for you? Uh, I mean, it's it's changed a little bit. Um, I mean, the band started out, and I was I was playing mostly piano. So like, yeah, our first record was written totally on piano. Right. Um, but I mean, it's uh, we've we've gotten you know just collectively more into synthesizers and away from piano as uh, we've progressed and so um yeah mostly i got this monophonic synthesizer a few years ago when i when i wrote con and i started um started also getting a little bit into like sequencing and arpeggiating synthesizers so like um so yeah i got away from like writing like chord based stuff and i started writing you know more riffs and and uh um, like arpeggiations and, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, like it's, it's evolved a little bit just through like through gear, um, and necessity, you know, wanting to try to, or just wanting to try different things. But, you know, like it's like most bands, I, I write basic frameworks at home and then take them into the band and then see how they sound. And then we, you know, collectively decide on arrangements and different ways to put it all together. As former guest Steve Albini once famously said, the other guys try to sabotage it until it becomes a song. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. I've never heard that Albini quote. Yeah, he's, very, he's very quotable. So with, <laughs> yeah. with this latest one, the the new the Low Defender EP, I know that uh, you did a lot of stuff on Con uh, with uh, Matthew Barnhart, um, you got a few other folks that recorded it as well. Is this? Um... Yeah, Alex Bohr from This Will Destroy You. Yep. He, he works. Uh, he works in Congleton Studio whenever John's out traveling. Uh, so, and I don't. This is this is part of the fun of you know debuting something that's so brand new. Like I have no information about this. So, <laughs> where did, like how did this yeah. come to come to pass? Like what's uh, where was it recorded? Um, what's the story? Is there a theme other than yeah, like, awesome? Actually, <laughs> the um well the uh, yeah the the title track that you just played low defender it it's actually a leftover from con um so it, that one was recorded in 2014 with Matthew Barnhart at um the Echo Lab in Argyle Texas nice studio kind of out in the country and um and uh yeah i mean we just we wanted to record more than enough material for that album and be able to choose pick and choose what went on the album and I wanted to keep the album under 40 minutes, preferably 37, 38 minutes was my ideal mark. So that one ended up getting cut. It was just like a little bit different of a song. It, uh, um, right. The feel kind is, of, yeah. Kind of, a little bit like proggy, mathy, um, you know, when it goes in, it has a bunch of like just weird parts. Um, and so, yeah, it just didn't fit, but we, we really liked the song. So we've just kind of been sitting on that one and it's been ready to go. And then the, um, the three cover songs were all kind of came from different places, different times. The, we did a kinks cover, uh, for this live internet, uh, taping called Violationist Sessions, uh, when Fake Infinity came out and, 2012 and it's um it's a, a very little known kink song from the late 60s 
um, just a very like haunting song. It's just Ray on guitar called uh, There's a New World Opening for Me, but we we turned it into this sort of minimal synth, and he, Robert was just playing a uh, a just like a kick drum and a floor tom and a snare with the snares turned off. And um, and we always liked that recording and just felt, I mean, it's been sitting on the internet for, for years, but uh, I asked the guy who recorded it if he still had the original tracks, and he did, so um, so we went and I did a new vocal take on it because there was a lot of bleed on the on the old vocal and uh and we did a proper mix of it and it was, it was yeah so we just included that and then that same guy his name is michael briggs he just records out of his house up in denton texas and uh, we recorded that van halen song with him as well same time and the abba song was done with this guy Britt robishu who uh is based in fort worth texas and he's sort of just a an acquaintance uh who hit me up and said, like, hey, I like the band, would love to work on something. So I was just like, hey, let's record this ABBA song. And I got to say, the one funny thing about the ABBA thing is actually I'm not really an ABBA fan. I've, <laughs> I've never, I've actually never really listened to them, just kind of assumed that there's something I don't like. But so there's this guy, EJ, who does all of our, he's done all of our album art up to this point. He sent me a, a YouTube link and he was like, uh, I want you to cover this song. It's going to be my payment for for all the work I've done because he's oh, done wow. everything okay. for free. And I just I just opened it up and it said the visitors and and it was like this weird creepy new wave song. I was like, wow, this is cool. And then it, I didn't like I was halfway through listening to the song before I realized it was ABBA. I thought <laughs> the visitors was the name of the band, <laughs> and I was like damn it, I don't like ABBA. Like, no, no. <laughs> and then I just listened. I was like, man, this song's awesome, and we could do a, a really cool version of Surprise, it. Surprise, so. motherfucker. <laughs> so I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to learn to appreciate <laughs> ABBA now. That, the, Yeah, most of their songs, to me, aren't near as cool as that, so it's it's taking some, some work. But uh, I, I have some friends who's, opinions i really trust that that say there's some some great stuff and you know they're obviously like incredible songwriters and musicians and all that it's just not right it's not really your your thing which which is fine and i mean i would go ahead and say my speaking personally that uh you know there's a whole lot of stuff that they do is totally not my thing but you know there's a time there's a place for it um you know the butthole surfers are out of fans hey (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I found out that a lot of my friends who like a lot of the same stuff I do are ABBA fans. Like the guys, yeah, the guys from If I Had a Hi-Fi were real super excited about us covering that song. Like they all love that song. So so that's cool. So it's interesting too that, I mean, Texas is, is and you got to understand, I'm coming from California, so... <laughs> You know, what I know of Texas is from touring and then also what we see in the news. Like, your ambassador might as well be Ted Cruz, as, as far as that goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, to me, it kind of seems like, you know, Dallas is is got, got some good stuff going on, you know, like an inclusive of Denton. Uh, and you know, there's Austin, but... I mean, what, what, like having never spent much appreciable time other than, you know, one or two days on tour going through, I mean, people live everywhere, right? But like, do you find that people are generally down for what nervous curtains are throwing down? Because it's sort of, like, I, I feel like it, you don't need that much of a buy-in. You guys certainly put on a good show, but uh, it just, it just, it seems like it's a rough place to be a synth-powered band. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But I mean, it's it's not like we go like play little country towns in Texas. I mean, we <laughs> we pretty much you know we we play Austin, Dallas, Houston, um, <laughs> you know, Denton, Fort Worth. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much as as you know. Aside from that, we just get out of the state uh, <laughs> to do more shows than that. So, um, what's up, so yeah, Sagebrush? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's all the. <laughs> what's that? Oh, I said, what's up, Sagebrush? This song's called "Wired to Make Waves." <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm sure we would. Yeah, have find no connection or very little connection with with people there. But you know, you you never know, I suppose. Um, but we're not really on. You know, trying to get on the state fair circuit or anything. Right. Um, so. So yeah, but I mean, the, like the the major cities and college towns, of course, in Texas are are pretty progressive. I mean, there were like they're all blue. It's just like you look at the like election maps of, of Texas. It's like this big sea of red with these dots of blue throughout it, and that's all you know, just the major cities. Right. So it's that's you know, and like yeah, and unfortunately that's you know, all of those people are, are sort of, you know, they keep electing people like Ted Cruz and, oh my God, we have this, there's this lady who's running for the state board of education who's been in the news recently. She's this grandma. She's like 76 years old and, and, you know, just an old racist white lady, um, you know, typical, (laughs) but, uh, but she's running for state board of education and like everybody knows about her because she says things like on our Facebook page about like, like about how Obama was a gay prostitute and like, because oh, you know, he, right, yeah. he used to, he, he probably heard this. Yeah. I, I, I think on, I heard like, about Washington this. Yeah. Post and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because, you know, he used to do drugs and like, how did he get his money for drugs? Well, you know, he's sympathetic towards, these gay people so obviously he was a gay prostitute <laughs> read between the lines sheeple come on <laughs> <laughs> right and and uh you know she's got this whole conspiracy theory about how like muslims are trying to take over our our school like our schools and school books and they're you know and oh yeah and she yeah she's one of these people who people who thinks that the civil war was not fought over slavery that that was like a some kind of like liberal propaganda that was invented after all the people who fought the civil war died off. I want to go ahead. We're going to point out that I I was interested in kind of like finding a specific thing about this, this person that you were talking about. Uh, But I was also listening as well. So I was uh, typing at the same time and I came up with, I I typed in the phrase crazy Republican Texas and I got 9 million results (laughs) and not, and not the information that I was looking for. Unfortunately, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and when it comes down to politics, you know, in California, it's not like we can say it's much better. I mean, I'm from the Bible Belt of California, which is, you know, as as ridiculous as places like Kansas can be. And you know, granted, Southern California, we have Los Angeles, but there's also Orange County, which is about as as right wing as it can get. I mean, I think most places, yeah, you know, there's a little bit, a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Northern California, there's some real like backwoods shit up there for sure. Yeah. We, we got our banjo pluckers, you know, <laughs> it's just mostly they're okay. <laughs> they're okay with weed. That, that's the, that's usually the big thing is that everyone's cool with weed cause they're probably growing it, but 
<laughs> right. But yeah. yeah, having nothing to do with weed or or Northern California, uh, the I, I've noticed with the nervous curtains stuff that there seems to be a theme uh, to, to to a lot that you do. Like for instance, the uh, fake Infinity record was sort of like the you know it came out around a time when there was a lot of hey everybody beach party kind of like you know either <laughs> either faux sunny or you know just ridiculously myopically positive empty-headed kind of uh you know what's what's the gidget (laughs) style things going on and it kind of seemed like a you know not reaction to that really but sort of like a like that's not everyone's idea of fun (laughs) kind of mo (laughs) yeah yeah i mean and that's like the like the the years that like we wrote and worked on that material were like the two hottest summers I've ever experienced in my life. So yeah, this idea of like summer being like a, a fun party time was <laughs> was just like something that I, I found I found really repulsive because like my experience was not like that at all. It was like driving around all of these like places, you know, like where the concrete is just like baking in the heat and everything just feels like it's crumbling under the weight of it so i was yeah i was i was kind of writing from that perspective and having a little fun punching it yeah you're you're not exactly inflating inflating a beach ball and uh you know knocking it to a stranger (laughs) when the weather's like that Uh, right exactly and there's that one line there's always you know anyone that you know most people that write lyrics you always hope for like lines like stick in people's head uh, and mm-hmm. you know, and resonate and whatnot. But I remember specifically the first one that kind of I that really got to me, or got, not got to me, but uh, they got to him. No, they <laughs> the one that kind of stuck out to me was the the kill your dreams before they kill you. And I was like, wow, oh, that's yeah. that is both poignant and a total du- bummer at the same time, which is an interesting double whammy there. Yeah, well, I, I got it into my head that maybe that was the last record that I was going to, like, really try to put out and and really, you know, go for it. Every, I was like, you know, I'll keep making music, but I'll just stay in my bedroom and won't worry about the stress of having to lug all this shit all over the country and, and uh, you know, try to promote and, and, yeah, just, you know, worry about if anybody, you know, pays attention to it or not and just all the all the BS stress that goes into trying to, to you know, make something of your art. And uh yeah, I just I felt exhausted and and uh <laughs> kinda like like, oh well I was I was I was thirty eight at the time, which when I was in my early twenties, uh like I I said, I'm gonna stop you play, playing music publicly when I'm thirty eight because I figured that was like the age whenever you just like become the guy that goes down to your local bar and plays like you know <laughs> songs that you you've been singing for twenty years and long tall Sally and you know it's like I, don't, I was like I don't want to I don't want to yeah I don't want to embarrass myself I'll just yeah I'll, I'll just I'll just put myself out of my misery then and just you know save myself then yeah so that's interesting that, that embarrassment you actually made an arbitrary yeah thirty eight that's the age that's <laughs> that's that's the time. <laughs> it was, yeah. so what happened is when when so when you turn when you turn 38 like 
you know, and what comes after? What comes after the apocalypse? What comes? <laughs> what comes uh, after I don't that? Know. I guess I, <laughs> I, I started. Actually, I started actually having fun. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, we we just we we kept playing shows and kind of like that's when the band started like getting. We just started getting more into like the upbeat material at that point. You know, you mentioned Wired to Make Waves. That was that was sort of a turning point song for the band. But Fake Infinity still had a lot of you know a lot of like slower melodramatic stuff on it. And sure, yeah. So we just we we um, we were just kind of like, yeah, this you know, playing this like faster stuff is is fun, and people seem to be responding to it. Like let's let's write more songs like that. And I don't know, yeah. I, I, then I kind of forgot all about. <laughs> killing my dreams <laughs> and i guess they're they're probably still still killing me so i didn't didn't take my own advice <laughs> <laughs> well and uh so I, I if i remember right and i think i think i i, I can't remember if it was this like private conversation or rather i was maybe like reddit something somewhere but th- there was like a, an overarching concept with, with the record title with the whole fake infinity concept right am i, am I wrong with that um, no, no, that's, no, there, there definitely was. Yeah. It, it was, it was kind of tied into, yeah, that, that whole idea of, of summer. And you mentioned like the beach party bands, I think waves and what was that other, uh, beach band with the lady who dated the guy from way. Oh, best coast. Best coast they did yeah. a tour together called the summer is forever. And I was like, Oh God, that just sounds terrible. Like I'm so ready for summer to be over. Like why would anybody want to imagine summer being forever? And yeah, turn off the summer. And, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so yeah, like the idea of, of, of fake infinity was sort of like tied into to youth. And I, you know, I, I loved summer when I was a kid, it was, you know, this, it, I, I did sort of have that, that feeling of, uh, of summer is forever when I was young, but, um, but yeah, so that was, that was sort of like the idea of the, the fake infinity. It was, it wasn't really because of the like beach party bands. That was just sort of like a, a tie in. No. Yeah. And, and there's also a reference on, uh, on one of the songs I played. You, you actually mentioned, you mentioned fake infinity in one of the songs. I forget the song. It's uh, one of the ones on, uh, yeah, the, the last, uh, one. the end of eternity. Yeah. It's, it's the end of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. It says it's, it's summertime and fake infinity. Yep. Yeah. You want me to tell you about other things that you have in your song lyrics? I can do that. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, still, still free. I mean, all, all songwriters love talking about themselves. So, well, yeah, and fine. so with the low defender stuff, um, you know, you mentioned that like the, the title track is, not like a leftover, but just a, a oddball from, oh, no, from the con leftover. session. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's call it what it is. It's all right. <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, there definitely seem like, thematically at least, the, the con stuff all seem to fit together. Definitely synth, like less less piano, more synthy. But, I mean, was there... Yeah. This That same idea of like having like sort of the overarching concept that everything burst With out on yeah um yeah yeah there are definitely some like some lyrical themes that that tied the record together um uh, a lot of the songs are about convictions and just like personal beliefs and why do we believe what we believe and are you know we're 
it's, I mean, a lot of it was kind of looking at myself, but also looking at, at the people around me, lots of the people that I disagree with. Um, you know, we all, we all think we're right, but obviously we're not <laughs> like and right. history has shown that, you know, like all of these, you know, all of these people in, in the past, like who have made these great developments and, you know, learned all these things. We, we, we look at them now like a bunch of fools and, but we don't really <laughs> recognize we don't recognize that people in the future are going to look at us the same way. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, what a bunch of idiots. Like we, we think we're just like this, this pinnacle of, of knowledge. So, um, so yeah, like some of that going on and, and it, like the political stuff I mentioned earlier, a lot of it was just like dealing with being, uh, against the grain perpetually in the, in the place you live, like wanting to love where you're at and the people you're around you, but just, being in the midst of so much just shitheadedness <laughs> with all of the, like, just the perpetual, like, hate and bigotry that, that kind of comes with a lot of conservative ideology. Right. Well, and it's all, it's all you know, you mentioned the sort of the circle of confirmation bias as well. You know, so, something that yeah. the last presidential election, you had all these people, these Romney supporters that, they not only couldn't understand that they lost, they couldn't understand how they could have lost because they only were surrounded by other people that were, you know, equally maniacal and, and close-minded about the same thing. So to them, they weren't exposed yeah. to anything other than what was things that reinforced their own belief system. Right, right. And I mean, I've, you know, I've definitely been guilty of that too as, you know, someone with um, progressive leanings. It's, I mean, it's it's a lot more fun to read things that confirm what you believe and to talk to people that will confirm what you, what you want to believe than it is to really question whether, you know, what you, you know, question why you believe what you do and, you know, why other people believe differently and how you might possibly be wrong about some things. It's, it's, it, that's tricky stuff to get into. Well, cause it, yeah, I mean, bringing up the idea that you're wrong about one thing, you know, hey, maybe I have to question other things in my absurd belief system. And that, you know. <laughs> right. For some people, that's right. not as big yeah, a deal as others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all sort of define ourselves so much by by what we believe. It sort of becomes like this, you know, this, like, badge or this outfit that we wear. And, you know, so it's, 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 a, it's a little ridiculous, you know. My, like I said, all all this stuff is sort of like directed at myself as well as as other people. So yeah, and I think so. Oh, and while while I got you on the line, this has nothing to do with any of those things. But p- between PMA and White Flashes, it's CW two two dot two. Is that is that the name of that song? Well, yeah, there was a. Um, that's the second time we recorded that song. We did uh, a uh, okay. We did a home re- we did a home recording of it. There was a the um, single shortly yeah. before that. That's right. Shortly before that tour that we when we um, played at the Hemlock with you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. So this is the so the t- so the CW two two is because of the second <laughs> recording. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but like since the first recording, like was just sort of a home recording, and we never properly put it out on anything other than just you know YouTube and Bandcamp. We decided to actually, and we we never actually played the song live when we first recorded it. It, it wasn't so like we a, decided to 
it wasn't like a don't stand so close to me 86 sort of situation or anything then. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> right. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of people just didn't ever hear the first version of it and we, we liked the song. So, so we did it and we've, yeah, it's kind of, it's turned into our go-to opener song. It's, it works well for the live show. So. That show was also with Helen Money, who's currently touring with Magma right now, which is a yeah. crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think she's got a record coming out on Thrill Jockey, I saw. I don't doubt it. Allison is both yeah. very talented, and it seems, it seems like people are catching on to what she's doing, so it's it's super cool to yeah, see. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are in this uh, space... You know, you're you're, you're in the you're, you're ob- lifers. Then everyone's admitted that they're like you know lifers, <laughs> more or less. But yeah, but yeah, tri- like I said, I tried to get out of it, and I just I can't. <laughs> but that said, it seems like you found a good balance for keeping it sustainable. Like you don't overreach necessarily. You're not going out for like nine week tours or anything along those lines. Oh but. no. Yeah, I mean, we do, we don't even go out for nine days anymore. Honestly, we just can't. <laughs> we're 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 on the like five to six day tour cycle right now. And, you know, just go out and do do a few shows, come home, and everybody's got to tend to their stuff. And so I what? Think more and more bands are kind of having to do that these days. Yeah, and that's you know, there's a plus and a downside to it. You know, the the. The plus side, obviously, is you can fit into the schedule easier and you can do it, right? But then the downside sometimes right. can be that you're just kind of getting to the groove of like, oh, right, we're, we're hitting it really hard, guys. Time to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is kind of a drag, but. Uh, yeah, and I mean, for, I mean, for bands like us, we mostly, I mean, aside from like when something first comes out, we mostly sell records from playing shows. So, yep. so you know, we it would be nice if we could. I mean, we would sell more records if we could play more shows and get our music out there more. But, what? but you know, just got to do with what's what's possible. And yeah, like you said, we probably, I mean, we've been a band for almost eight years now, so we probably wouldn't have lasted this long if we had been doing a bunch of six-week tours and stuff. Yeah, you're almost trading in longevity for that, you know, that that immediate saturation which is <laughs> yeah i would call that more like the shellac model although shellac benefits from you know being <laughs> very well known and they don't have to, they don't have to worry <laughs> much about anything and do whatever the sure. hell they want uh but yeah I, I do think you're right i think there is a lot more of that these days than there ever used to be and yeah it's just and harkening back to one of the first things we said i just don't understand how people discover anything anymore i mean i you know, I'm always very flattered whenever we premiere things or play things on the show and people, you know, say they checked it out and they, you know, they like it and whatever. And that's fantastic. That's one of the things I hope that this show does. But from like an overarching larger picture standpoint, I just, I don't know how anybody finds out about anything anymore. <laughs> I just have no idea. I don't idea. know. I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's just like, there's just so much of everything everywhere. It's, it's kind of almost, I mean, to me, it's, it's easier to, to find out about things it's just harder to cut through all of that and to get your stuff to people. Um, but yeah, I mean like every site on the internet is trying to show you some new band and yeah. Well, that's the problem. So which ones do you trust? Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And you know, and there's, I mean, it's just, it's easier to hear things. I mean, you know, think about 
back, you know, 20 years ago when, when you'd read about something in a magazine and you, you, you're like, Oh, that sounds cool. Like you had to go to your local CD store and have them order the CD for you. And like in two weeks they call you and like, you just go and you hope it's good after you pay. <laughs> right. And this, and you're like, oh, this stinks. Whoops. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, yeah, like, and like, I think about like how, like, how hard it was just to find I was talking to somebody about how hard it was just to like hear can and and uh you know things like that like now today like today's like 20 year old like they you know that's like nothing to them like they're like discovering the like way more obscure kraut rock bands and everything like like it's like back then it was just like it was a lot of work to like get a can cd like you know and or silver apples or you know things that like people talked about in this reverential way that like it's like you couldn't just like go anywhere and just hear it unless you just happen to have that cool friend that had all that stuff right and it, it allows people you know for something like this heat or something rather than being like, oh, here's like this hush rumors. Oh, I think there's this band. It was called this heat. It's like, oh yeah, yeah tap tap tap. Cool, we're listening to it now. You know, <laughs> and then there you go. And, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's magical and that's amazing. But it's also, you know, I think there's something to be said for. And I've certainly covered this ground so many times before in this show. But when you have that, you know, the, in back in the day, the, the kid ordering the record and oh man, it looks like this, and I wonder what it sounds like, and oh, it's gonna arrive on Tuesday. Cool, I'm gonna go down and get it. You have that level of engagement anticipation that's, you know, it's it's a little bit, people consume media differently now. You could, I hear music by some of my favorite bands, listen to it, I'm like, oh, that was cool. And then whoosh, on to the next thing, and, you know, away we go. And then I'll be like, what was yeah. that thing called? With the, the, it was called, oh, I can't even remember what it was. And I'll have to, I've got a pretty good memory for that kind of thing. Not for anything useful, but usually I have a pretty good memory for that. And that's me. Yeah. And I like to put in the work. So then I think about, wow. <laughs> You know, the average music listener, it's just, gosh, it's like permanent ADD all the time, always, with everyone. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why at least it's encouraging that vinyl's doing so well now, because that shows that, that people still do want to have, like, that, you know, it shows a little bit more commitment on the listener's part. Like, you know, you're actually going to plop down some monies for a big, big-ass object that's going to take up space in your house, and you're going to have to think about it and interact with it and and, and all of that. So, you know, I mean, a lot of people do just listen to MP3s, but, you know, vinyl's doing really well, so that's that's encouraging, at least. It is, and it's you know it, it's it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> I guess summation. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Okay. So with with nervous curtains, and you know being a synthy sort of band, I mean, do you you find that there's a lot of people interested in your gear? Like, are people like, hey, what do you use to make that bloop, 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 bloop sound when you do that thing? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, other other keyboard players and other times it's just, like, younger younger people that that are just curious and they, they want to know how you're, how you're doing it. So, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm nerdy enough. I, I always like talking about that kind of stuff with people. Right. Yeah, and 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 Oh, I was going to say hopefully it's well-meaning, you know. It's a, <laughs> maybe they're just curious yeah. about how you make that bleepity boop bloop sound, you know? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, like right now is a really good time to be into synth stuff. Like whenever I first got interested in synth stuff, like uh, like after, like around the time we put out our first album, it, it was uh, I don't know. It was it was hard to to find things that like that that were affordable and you know and cool and and were like like good for touring and stuff. I mean, you could get like old dinosaur synths and they, they just didn't, they weren't, you know, they, they weren't good for the road. And I think stuff would break down and they were hard to fix and stuff, or you could get like digital stuff and it just didn't sound that good. But it's all this like really cool analog gear that's modeled after the, you know, the classic sense, but it's way more like affordable and smaller and does a lot of other cool stuff that, that you couldn't do back then too. So, um, so yeah, yeah, it's a pretty. I, I think it's kind of a golden age for synthesizers right now. Right. Yeah, it's. I mean, the technology is sort of like caught up for the for the use case in a lot of ways. You know. And that's, yeah. That's kind of thrilling. In yeah, a way. and I. Yeah, and the, and the, also the manufacturers just kind of realized what people wanted too. Like, it's <laughs> right. like, oh, people, people, people like that old analog stuff. Like, maybe we should start making that again. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's like. Is like they see like you know these like old seventies synthesizers going for thousands of dollars on eBay. Like, yeah, we should just make those again. <laughs> right? Oh, people actually want those. Yeah, you, you would imagine like <laughs> maybe certain ant manufacturers might figure that out too. But nope, <laughs> they, yeah. they're they're, they're <laughs> trying other stuff. <laughs> and you know, and that kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Like we always think like that the new thing that we come up with is like the you know, the best thing and it's made everything before it obsolete and, and so forth. Then a little bit of time passes and you realize, Oh, that we just kind of liked it because it was new and fancy. It actually had a lot of problems that we didn't really foresee. And <laughs> like in some ways what we had before it was actually better. Yeah. And, you know, you, 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 you get so close to the material, you know, you, you're writing it, you record it. And then like, you're mixing it and you're mastering it and you're like, Oh my God, guys, we invented this thing called music. It's amazing. You need to hear it, and the, yeah, you get a little distance. Like, oh, yeah, that, that was that was cool. That was that, that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have done that. Like, I should have done that baseline a little differently. <laughs> right. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> like, man, like, that that vocal was kind of flat. Why didn't I ever notice that? Yeah, it's like, how did I not notice that? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That, yeah. That that absolutely speaking speaking personally that that specific one murders me on 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 certain certain things that shall remain nameless. I'm like, oh my god, how did anyone let me get away with that? God damn it! God damn it! How did I let myself get away with that? Oh, right. So, like, you guys have an interesting dynamic. I mean, you've got so so there's there's you and Ian on the keyboards, and then you know Robert's found in a way, and and you mentioned earlier that just kind of being fascinated by like rhythms and not necessarily the pervasive, more, you know, conservative minded rhythms of, of punk rock and, and rock and roll and kind of bringing that in. What kind of stuff there you were, were you listening to that kind of like led nervous curtains to delving into this more rhythmic basis? towards? Oh, um, I mean, I, I guess Ian brought, a lot of Afrobeat into the into the van, and and then I got the the Fela Kuti box set for for Christmas oh, wow. okay. a couple of years ago. Yeah, and just like they they started 
they've they've issued like three sets of the, the boxes. Like one of the first one was done by Questlove, and the second one was um, was Brian Eno curated it. Or no, the second one was was Ginger Baker, and then the third one was Brian Eno. Um, so yeah, I got the second one um, with the like with Ginger Baker. Um, and it has an album that that Ginger Baker did um, with Sela. So uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of that stuff, but also just like you know like like comps from there's like you know like like numero group puts out a lot of those like esoteric soul comps and and things like that and uh, ian just had like all of those on a hard drive so just like you know a bunch of bands that never really went anywhere but you know we're just like the hot like the the hot like soul funk band in in uh you know Portland in, in 1969 or whatever that recorded a couple of singles, you know, and that's maybe that's all they did. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. off into the ether. <laughs> that guy's an accountant now. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, yeah, comps are the best for, for, you know, for like for old soul and things like that. Cause there were so many bands that just, you know, didn't ever even record a whole album that just had like some like awesome tracks. Yeah. Like we're, so, we're and uh, I was, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to make a joke about Akron, Ohio's third best soul band. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I I listen to a lot of hip hop too. I'm sure that has some some influence and uh, and some electronic music as well. I mean, you know, everything from you know the more like crowd rock electronic stuff to um, yeah, a little like. I don't know. Uh, I, I I kind of skirt around the outskirts of like uh, techno and and uh, you know electronic music. Like I I tend to f- I find the stuff that sounds like weird and dark and and has you know like sort of like a an energy to it that I that I relate to. So um, yeah, yeah. So lots you know different places like that and trying to merge it into our sound. Sure, and, and that's a good question. Then, so what are some current artists that you're, you know, kind of light your fire? I know you mentioned you discovered Lardo right around the time that they stopped playing, and <laughs> yeah, who are great, a huge, huge fan myself. They're awesome. At least got seen them one time. But uh, what what other artists yeah. are you uh, hyped about that are making music right now? That not not from obscure comps from like years and years ago. Oh, um, yeah, as far as, like, bigger bands that I'm really into, um, uh, Liars, for sure. I just, I mean, I've been following them for, uh, you know, pretty much their whole career, especially yeah. since yeah, man. Drums, like, since Drums Not Dead, like, I think everything they've done since that has been, like, just really interesting. So, um, and, uh, uh, have you heard that band, I don't know if it's pronounced Sons or Soons? They're, uh, it's S-U-U-N-S. Yeah. How do you, I do, I've never seen, I've never heard that name spoken aloud. I've only, <laughs> I, I've only seen it in print, but I, yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's supposed to be, yeah, like Soons, I think, rather than Suns. Yeah, but I think they're, I think they're doing some really interesting stuff, like kind of, kind of, I mean, like they're, they're much like quieter band than than us and they don't have like the punk rock energy but like but uh but like rhythmically i find what they're doing uh really really interesting like because they're using like the same kind of like pulsing synths and right like this hypnotic kraut vibe but there's like live you know live drums on on most of it so yeah i'm really digging them and uh disappears from chicago oh yeah they're great band. 
You know, it's fun. I saw yeah. I saw them play uh, and totally dug it. Uh, cool. And I knew the uh, the ninety day man connection, but I didn't realize it was Steve Shelley playing drums until like after they played. I was like, oh yeah, that was Steve Shelley. Oh crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was only in the band on on one record. He's yeah, not with them anymore. But yeah, it was just yeah. funny that I didn't recognize. Cause, I mean, he's a pretty recognizable. Granted, he looks like a, he looks like a chemistry teacher. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. he's a pretty recognizable looking drummer. Right. And I just it blew yeah. my mind that I I didn't even pick up on that until like afterwards. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten to we've gotten to open for them a couple of times. I knew. I mean, I like the ninety day man and the paper chase had a had sort of a camaraderie going so um so yeah i've known brian from uh the singer guitar player for disappears uh for a long time so um i I hope we get to play with them again at some point i haven't even they 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 don't really come to texas very much other than occasionally they'll come and like play some like festival in austin but right right i think they do i think they do much better in europe so they probably just go there more yeah well why not right <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's got to be a nice problem to have, I guess. Yeah, so it sounds okay. It's, it's, I'd be, I'd be all right with yeah. that. <laughs> so, with the the new EP, with the the Low Defender EP, you know, you, you got a song yeah. that was that was uh, we we d- d- established is okay to call it leftover. We've got, we've got a few covers. Yeah. There's the Kings cover. There's the Abba cover. There's Van Halen cover, and there's some. Uh, mixes as well some some remixes right yeah yeah three remixes of songs off con and uh so i mean i I just kind of look at those as like bonus tracks i know um they're all they're all like completely different genres um and i know some some of the some of our fans aren't going to really like some of it and and i'm fine with that I'm, i'm basically just like given you know it's like a I, I like them all, so it's like this is an excuse to put them on something. So I mean, yeah, it's, uh, the, the thing's going to be really cheap. It's it's coming out on um, just on cassette and digital, no vinyl for this one. We're keeping everything very cheap and easy. There's a, a label out of uh, Fort Worth that's going to put it out called Dreamy Life Records. Oh, cool. They're kind of a they're kind of a, a psych rock record uh, label, and and they're they're cool guys and. Um, yeah, one of the guys that helped us record that album song is, um, or the guy who helped us record that song is one of the people who, who helps run that label. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it, it's yeah. There's no overarching theme on this one. It's kind of thrown together, and I'm totally cool with that. It's just sort of like here's some other stuff that we really like, and here it is. We hope you like. We hope you like some of it. If you don't, if you only like a couple of these tracks, that's fine too. But it's it's cheap, so it's no big investment. Well, and and the remix thing is it's interesting how genres go because you know I have friends that are you know mo- you know moderate sized players in the in the industrial world or whatever, and it's not even you know nobody blinks an eyelash at it. It's like oh of course yeah, but then like you talk about it like with a in like the rock world and people are like what I, I don't what why would you what why would you do that and it's it's just coming from a wildly <laughs> different place, which is that. You know, if there's someone that like, oh, this is I have my crazy, you know, dub dance night or whatever, and I'm gonna, yeah, uh, hey, there's this track by, you know, it's a remix of Nervous Curtains. I'll throw this on, and then that can lead them to find the record, and lead them to yeah. discovering the band. And that's something that I think is really cool, but I just don't notice a lot of like quote unquote rock bands doing it. And so I, I think yeah. actually, I think, I think that's my long long way around of saying that I think it's a really cool idea that you did it. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm kind of into electronic music, so it's um, yeah, it's I mean, uh, like yeah, uh, it's something I would like to do more of. And and there were some other bands that I, you know, and other artists that I that I asked to do remixes that either just said they couldn't do it, they they were just too busy, or uh, said they would do it and then never actually did it. <laughs> there um, is that, yes. <laughs> that, yeah. So. So I mean, yeah. There's like ideally there there would have been more, but um, but yeah, I was I was happy with those three. The the yeah, White Flashes is remixed by this um, UK electronic group that uh, has some connections to the Paper Chase. John has recorded uh, one of their albums, and we played a show with them in Leeds once. They started out as sort of a, a Radioheadish kind of post rockish band, and they've kind of slowly morphed into. But they, it was like, then they kind of got, I guess they kind of started going more the battles route of like mixing like post rock with electronics. Sure. And now they're like, now they're pretty much like totally techno. But I, yeah, I think, I think they're really, really good. They're, they're still a very much a like very human element to what they do. So, um, yeah, just like that, that song, that was the first song that we wrote for Con White Flashes. And it had that floor on the floor rhythm, like, which like, yeah, yeah, like really. We had never like we'd never really written anything like that straight before, and and uh, and so it was sort of like wow, this this is cool. Like you can still do a lot of cool things with syncopation while keeping that going. Right, like syncopating so, around um, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so yeah, I wanted like the idea of like having a techno remix of that was cool to me, and and then um, yeah, then City of Hate is done by Black Cassie, who is. It's a side project of Donovan Jones, the bass player for This Will Destroy You. And about Black Taffy, he's got an album coming out soon. I love his stuff. It's um, He calls it Screw Age. He's really influenced by Houston DJ Screw mixes. Um, but he, he's also like adding in this this like ambient New Age kind of like element as well. So, so yeah, he gave that his treatment. And then Wireness. Uh, did Devastator, which they're uh, they're sort of an electronic dub duo. They use right. they're members of a a big a bigger dub collective called Sub Oslo that uh, used to play more in the late '90s and early 2000s. Now they only play a few times a year, but they were one of my favorite Texas bands of all times. Just a really great legit live dub experience, like a nine piece band with a mix, you know, with a guy who mixes them live and psychedelic light show and everything. Wow. Yeah. That, that sounds crazy. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot going yeah, on there. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a hell of a show. <laughs> yeah. So Wireness is kind of the scaled down version of that. It's just sort of electronic beats and, and guitar. And, um, yeah, I think they're, I think their stuff's great too. So do you have a actual release date for the Low Defender EP yet or? Oh, uh, I'm shooting for um, shooting for early May. We've got uh, a short uh, Midwest tour in early May, and then a Dallas show when we get home from that. So, so yeah, I'm hoping to have hoping to have it out by then, so we can sell it for those shows. Um, yeah, like not not making a big production out of it. Just uh, yeah, since there's no vinyl, we, we can, it can be a really quick turnaround. Right, and so and then what was the name of the label again that's, that's releasing it? Dreamy Life Records. Dreamy Life Records. Okay, and I assume they have a uh, all the normal things that you would have in the internet that people can find. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a yeah. website, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> yeah. Snapchat, yeah. Tinder, Tinker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Swipe right. Yeah, 
Uh, and so that'll be, uh, yeah, be looking for that. That's, uh, I'll, I will, I'll play some more stuff from it. Um, after we're done talking about it, I'll, I'll make sure that we get some of that into the radio note rotation so people can, uh, get a, check it out and, and know that that is a thing cool. that is, is around. Uh, Sean, Hey, it's, it's been great having you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. It it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan as you know, and it's, it's great to talk to you and I uh, hope that I get to see you play, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I think we're we're shooting for like maybe October for a uh, a West Coast trip. So right. I'll I'll keep you informed on that. I would very much appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, be I'll be bugging you to set us up a San Francisco show. I will I will do everything in my power to make sure that it is 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 awesome. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> uh, to give I my be- give my best to uh, Ian and Robert, and uh, yeah, and, and I guess sure. until next time, uh, take it easy. Cool, man. All right. Thanks. All right, Sean. Take care. All right. Take care. Let's listen to The Visitors. This is the ABBA cover. This is off the Low Defender EP. Goes a little something like this.
Stab my back, stab my back, baby. Oh, that was a little band called Le Butcherettes. 
That is off of the A-Raw Youth record. That's the most recent one. And for that, of course, we had Nervous Curtains with The Visitors. The Visitors, it's an ABBA cover. It's a great one. This is a, I'm telling you, this EP's good. Go get it. Yeah, well, you can't get it yet, but if you're listening to this and it's available, get it. This is off of the uh, Low Defender EP, and it's, it was a dreamy, dreamylife.records.com. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Woof, <laughs> whatever. Go, 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 get all that stuff. Uh, we're going to. What are we gonna do? We're gonna play uh, one more Nervous Curtain song, and then we're uh, we're gonna be out. We're out. So let's go ahead and let's see. What should we play? What should we play? We're gonna play another song off of Con, and. Let's do Kraut Dog. This is Kraut Dog by Nervous Curtains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreamy Life Records. I get it. I get it. It's Nervous Curtains. That was Kraut Dog. A little song off that same record, Con. This is called Devastator. Do listen to Radio No Baby or Protonic Reversal. Coming at ya. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Wow, this is a longer post than I remember. <laughs> Devastator, Nervous Curtains, Britannic Reversal, Radio Note. Oh, yeah.
All right. That's the show. Uh, that was Devastator, Nervous Curtains. That's a, another one off of the record before the new EP. Of course, uh, that record known as... Can you hear me now? <laughs> you can find that at your finer record stores. You can also find it at uh, nervouscurtains.bandcamp.com. NervousCurtains.com. Get at them on uh, the Facebook. Get that. Get them on uh, on Twitter. Get at them. Get at those nervous curtains. That was our guest. This is John Kirkpatrick. Appreciate that guy. I like that guy. Good times. Great oldies. Hey, hey, hey! This has been Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. That's right. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. We appreciate you, dear listener. This is my farewell transmission. We appreciate your attention. We appreciate your time. It's a whole thing. It's what we do. Signing off. It's what we do here. Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Photonic reversal. Anyone within the sound of my voice. You can find the archives at radioneutron.com. We're on Facebook. I've got 50,000 watts of power. Twitter. Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. Ionize the air. You're not on Snapchat, by the way. Oh, we got some good episodes coming up. It's great to be back. Rena will be back in the studio, not next week, or n- next episode, but the one after that. Sound into electricity. Brendan Canty of Fugazi next week. Looking forward to that. Can Should you be great. Hear me now? Out on Route 128, dark and lonely. Thanks for listening. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. If there's no one there to receive It's the end of radio As we come to the close of our broadcast day Radio. 